Shut up, the episode's starting. <laughs> really phoned that one in. <laughs> That's because that was a real one that time. Uh, Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Celluloid Breakdown. I'm Joey Bonnier, and right next to me is Mr. Sean Faw. Sean Faw. And across from him is Mr. Derek Laporte. Hello. And next to him is Mr. Tim Snow. Yeah. Hello, everyone. So, we watched a movie. Yeah. We did indeed. <laughs> Applause for watching movies. Yeah, we watched the sequel to Vin Diesel's A Man Apart. <laughs> <laughs> it is called, right. and it's called a man escaped. A man escaped. Yeah, my blessing. Always is that a man apart or is it a man apart? It's a man apart, and it's just it's two shots uh, intercut of man? for an hour and a half of a man and a part, and it's a slow dolly in. Gotcha. And uh, so like man, like like a screw. Yeah. Man, no. 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 Like, like a, a part. Probably like a. I'm, I'm, I'm like saying a like, part no, like a piece of like a piece of a no, pipe, no, no. perhaps. Okay, you know what okay. I mean, like, like a manifold. L? Yeah, like a manifold. Well, that that's that's actually the end of the trilogy that is yet to be made. <laughs> a manifold. A manifold. A man apart. A man alone. A manifold. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. A man escaped. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Which was the Did first? Did you even one. watch the film? Of this? No. <laughs> I can't read this fucking words. <laughs> In some sort of copley gut bullshit. We weren't even supposed to watch this film. There's like yeah. five languages going on. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, generally, what did everybody think about it? What were the overall first impressions? Let's go, Joey first. Joey, tell me everything. I thought this was good. This was a more modern movie than we've been watching. It was definitely a different whole cinematic language. I could feel okay. that. I didn't know, didn't know a little bit coming into this that it was more revolutionary in its style. Um, the way the camera was very focused on one character and a lot of point of view stuff. We were definitely with this one character the whole time, which was kind of more unique than this more put the camera in a wider shot, let's watch the, cam which watch the movie. So I felt more in touch with this character. Apart from that, I did think... <laughs> a man apart from that. I think that uh, the ending was a little weak, honestly. I know that's just lame for me to say it's mm. weak, but uh, Spoiler alert. it just didn't uh, didn't have the emotional impact yeah. I wanted it to. Uh, now, there was a lot of great emotional moments leading up to it, honestly, and yeah. just lacked that great last punch, which really would have made this movie skyrocket a little bit higher. Uh, but I did enjoy it. It was good. Great moments. And honestly, as a sound We'll go. We'll talk about it later. But this is fucking sound design paradise, yeah. is what this right? is. Yeah. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, I did enjoy it. Okay. Cool. Sean didn't know a damn thing. Uh, didn't know it existed until Derek made me watch it. Um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of this felt very familiar. Um, mm -hmm. There were. I, I assume this is like the um, the the sort of precursor, or at least the inspiration for a lot of jailbreak movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like you know some Great Escape in there. I felt like Tango and Cash in there. Um, the whole like thing with the bed felt like it was very very familiar, but I couldn't quite place it. Like mm -hmm. pulling the wires out of the bed and only leaving a very few. I, I know I've seen that in another movie very specifically, uh, and I can't remember what that is. I think I. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just felt like a lot of this movie was was like 
the um yeah the just the kind of beginning for or at least the inspiration for a lot of jailbreak movies um even you know i felt a lot of shawshank in this yeah right um there is yeah. you know just that like that being identified like joey said i think this is the first movie that we've watched in this series where we got out of the wide and we got a lot closer mm -hmm. and this movie was all about the perspective of the person that we're with and less about everything else going around so it's almost like like today, if I was to see this movie, I would think is, I, my first thought would probably be um, low budget, good job for not having mm -hmm. money to show us everything. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, like one yeah. of those things where like we're going to um, almost like, uh, did you guys see Glass? Like the the newest in the Unbreakable mm, series, did not. there's a lot of that. It's like low budget. They keep promising a lot of stuff, but they never actually show you the things. Okay, and that was kind of like the the feeling it got here. But it was done well. I didn't feel like they were trying to get away with things. It didn't feel like it was cheap trying to hide things. It just felt like you know that was a natural way to show us this movie. Um, I definitely agree with Joey though that the ending was yeah. um, unspectacular. I think the biggest missing element to the ending was the. Uh, it just not having anything to cheer for his release for. So like, mm -hmm. you know, there wasn't like a woman waiting for him. There wasn't like a thing he had to do. There wasn't like a reason that we could like, you know, really get behind him. It needs to be Hollywoodized. Yeah. I, well, I mean, you know, he, at least for a, one as moment. a human, I'm sure he had something on the outside world that he was trying to get to, not just this escape. I just felt like there was like that one mm. more level of like storytelling that could have been right. on top. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about the ending because there's a few choices too that are in there that uh, mm. I think would totally be different if it were was done uh, like, like if it was done by anybody else, I mm. think it would be different. Um, but we'll get into, the, I, I think the ending uh, probably later because I got a lot of thoughts about that too. Um, so, uh, Tim, what what was your first impressions? About I liked it, it very much. Uh, I thought it had a lot of great suspense uh, that all the other, you know, the, the only other film that we've really seen uh, in this series that has that kind of suspense that I've at least been present for uh, was uh, uh, Sunset Boulevard tried to go for a little bit of suspense, you know, mm -hmm. um, and it kind of failed in that for me, you know, <laughs> maybe, you know, like for being a, you know, a, a viewer my age in my time, uh, it, it failed for me, but this didn't, it kept me on the edge of my seat, especially through the, the rest of the second and third acts. And it was, it was about midway through the second act that I realized that this wasn't the Shawshank Redemption. Mm. Yeah. Um, no, but, uh, <laughs> Tim, uh, oh, I thought you meant that a little yeah. bit more figuratively and I could actually agree with that on a larger sort of stage. No, I but just, just as a throwaway joke. No. I mean, the viewers, your, the listeners can't see, but my deadpan, it's just too good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Either way, uh, I, I thought this was a very patient film. I really appreciated mm. that. Uh, you know, it was, it was really gripping for me in that way because it kept me waiting, you know. It kept me uh, wondering what, first of all, what I was hearing and what, you know, what was going to happen next, which really placed me in the, uh, placed me in the, the viewpoint of the character really well. And I thought the editing uh, also achieved that much better than anything we've seen from this time. This was the newest film that we've seen uh, in the mm. series, except well, this and uh, Paths another- Paths of Glory. Yeah, right? Paths yeah. of Glory, we have another episode on. Um, <clears throat> actually, were released around the same time, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later, um, that, that, that they both kind of take a look at uh, the French people in this mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. um, but 
paths of glory uh, as opposed to uh, a man escaped is is much more of a stage play. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. And, and it uh, it doesn't hit nearly as hard because of that. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was really revolutionary in that way. But I also thought uh, you guys were mentioning that you didn't care for the end very much. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was something in the beginning, one of the title cards, that uh, uh, he was presenting the story uh, unadorned, mm. you know. And I feel like that's, you know, yeah. the purpose of the end and also kind of the purpose of Brisson's work a little bit. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, yeah. just overarching thoughts. That's, you know, thought it was great. Um, so I, I have a quote from him um, because he had this whole thing, which I think this kind of uh, – what we're talking about kind of deals with uh, two types of films, uh, those that employ the resources of theater, with like actors, direction, etc., and use the camera in order to reproduce. Uh, and then the second type is those that employ the resources of cinematography mm-hmm. and use the camera to create. So his idea was... Who was this? I'm sorry. Uh, Robert Rasson, the director okay. of this piece. Um, so he, he thought that... Um, he was against all the theatricality mm-hmm. and kind of the stage playness of all of the films, which it's true. We Even can the agree. acting here is like d- different than the way everyone else was in all the other movies we've seen. Yeah. Even the acting Much more was muted, more muted. Yeah, well, yeah, just more of that cinematic feel that we've come to like know mm-hmm. in modern cinema, yeah. rather than that stage play acting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's crazy to think that. He's he's kind of a little ahead of his mm-hmm. contemporaries at that time because even even Kubrick even <laughs> Kubrick yeah even Kubrick and I mean I think that he he progresses onto that too because he uses non actors um, and then he'll only use them once all of these uh, all these guys were non actors awesome. yeah um, and then um, he he does that and then his idea is to not not really have any kind of dramatic acting at all basically throughout it and just yeah build it through this whole like combination of uh images the you know the the through montage essentially of the original form of it um i yeah i like this film a lot i think it's probably the most approachable of brisson's films i think that uh people who don't even who don't even like Brisson films still kind of like this one. My film history is horrible. What mm-hmm. other Brisson films would so we there have is heard a, of? There is a, the, probably the one that's his most well-known is um, Pickpocket, which um, because Paul, oh. Paul Schrader is a huge fan of that. Uh, he's, of course, uh, uh, he's, you know, the guy who wrote Taxi Driver mm-hmm. and uh, he made a film called First Reformed last year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, uh, taxi so, driver. Yeah, yeah. So right, taxi driver. Yeah. Oh, I said taxi driver. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was yeah. looking up something <laughs> and I just like put that together. Uh, My bad. Also it's did it. He did a draft of Raging Bull. Also, cut that, but, please. Cut but, that sound. Yeah. No. And now we have Joey. <laughs> no, in the it's in there. Joey's got it. Um, no. So yeah. Um, so that that one's like kind of well known, um, and and usually considered better than this one in a sense. Hmm. Um, but I still do think that this one's very approachable and it's also, I, I liked it too, because there's a lot that goes, uh, that happens off screen and he builds a world with all those sounds that Mm -hmm. are put in and he's, it's very much decisions of his because, um, because there's a book called notes on the cinematographer that he actually wrote these notes to himself and they published it and he has, like just all these ideas that are just incredible that he would like kind of go through. And um, I have various ones that I saved in here. So as we go through talking about it, I'll bring it up. But 
Uh, yeah, but, but I what, like what, it. did you didn't really oh, did you just like like it personally? We didn't really get your first impression though. Oh yeah, well, did you enjoy it? My first. So this is probably like uh, I don't know how many times I've seen it. Seen it, seen it quite a few times. Um, and I I, I enjoyed it always. Um, When's the last time you saw it? I guess it's been probably two or three years now. Okay. Um, and I like the real kind of focus in on like so the that beginning sequence the opening of the thing is just incredible that's probably like to me the best part of the whole movie mm. um because of what he shows and what he doesn't show you're talking about driving in the car yeah the, the driving in the car yeah, you see the hand amazing. i might show that my class going to it yeah it's just it's just amazing and it builds tension so off good. of essentially almost one might say nothing yep like uh, he goes to like the driver shifting. Yep. He's sound got all design. these things. Yeah, sound, mm -hmm. design. sound design is great. Uh, like, yeah. Well, it's literally like utilizing all of filmmaking. Like, yeah. like it's 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 treating film as its own medium and incorporating all of those aspects to create an experience. And that yeah. is like you know yep. what yeah. movies should be. <laughs> I agree. Concur. It's just so ahead of its time. My God, it felt so modern. Um, yeah. As far as the story, uh, it was very typical. It was kind of straight ahead, but it was, I mean, and obviously just the title, you know, he's getting out. You know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Well, yeah. the, the fact title. that it's a true story and that we know the story, that means I he personally lives. didn't, but yeah. yeah. The story and the pacing almost kind of reminded me of Papillon a little bit. Hmm. I haven't Which, seen Papillon, but I know Well, the story. I'm sure that whoever made Papillon saw this. <laughs> yeah. I bet that's true. Yeah. Um, I, I, there was a lot of great stuff. I mean, just the, you know, just conquering overall, the building of tension, you know, the climax at the end. It wasn't, again, I, I can criticize it. It wasn't perfectly timed and blah, blah, blah. I don't think it was, <laughs> but it was still so good. Just the pacing of the story, I think was, um, I don't know. And I did feel for this guy, Fontaine, you know, which is rare in these movies, which is, you know, I mean, I do love these stories, but it's tough for me to get connected to a character personally. I think the, definitely the camera work, uh, just puts you with the, and not just the camera work, the sound design, overall, everything, basically every, the whole movie puts you with the character and makes you part of the story as opposed to observing the story. And that immersive element is like everything here. So yeah, to so me, that yeah, that, that's the game changer. So for those of you that didn't bother to watch the movie, basically we have a story about a guy <laughs> that's trying to escape from, from jail. Uh, we're in, uh, what year is this supposed to take place? Do we know uh, that? 43. 43, so yeah, yeah. We're like in uh, German-occupied France and a, uh, a French, uh, is he a French soldier or a, just a regular? Uh, he was a resistance, resistance fighter. Resistance fighter, right yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, he gets captured and uh, basically we see him uh, the first time we see him, he is trying to escape and he gets uh, captured right away and uh, beaten and thrown back in his or thrown into a cell. And uh, from there, we just kind of see his uh, his escape plan unfold. Like he is uh, always in escape mode. Like even when he's thrown in the sh in the uh, the cell, he is like faking more hurt than he was, so that they would like mm -hmm. leave him alone more. Like you know, from every step of the way, he's just like constantly thinking about how to get out. Mm -hmm. So you know, after. Uh, 
Uh, he finds a spoon and kind of carves into the door a little bit to wiggle some panels loose. Um, and uh, then he tears apart the bed to try and uh, make some rope and some hooks out of some uh, some other, uh, what was it, the lantern case that was yeah, in the corner. Yeah, about the lantern case. Yeah, and, uh, you know, fashion some things. And then we get to a point where he's, like, ready to go, and all of a sudden they throw some kid in there with him. So now he's got, like, this choice of whether he's got to kill the kid or he's going to bring the kid with him. Uh, kid kind of decides to that he'd rather not die, so he's gonna go with him. <laughs> and uh, kids en- end up ends up being useful in the escape, and uh, probably wouldn't have escaped without bringing the kids. So kind of works out well in his favor. And then they kind of prance off into the misty moonlight. Right. Without yes. coats and shoes, thanks yeah, to true. the kids. Fuck yeah, that true. fucking kid, you know? Yeah. But he oh, wouldn't yeah. have gotten out without the kids. So. Wouldn't have gotten sure. out without the kids. He, he wouldn't have been able to reach the kid. thing. But yeah, so, the kid's a fuck. So since we mentioned, since we went all the way through One to thing the I end. should mention real quick. Yeah, the, the, uh, the part about the kid, uh, one sort of detail that sticks out is like, he is a French kid that has embraced the German side. So right. he was like, he, you know, half, half German and half French outfits, but like he was uh, captured by the Germans for like double crossing or like fucking something up. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, he is not exactly the most sympathetic character. So when we're watching, you're not too concerned if he's going to kill him. Like, <laughs> you're actually right, concerned right. at uh, whether or not he's a traitor exactly. and whether or not yeah. he's going to sell yeah. out yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Fontaine. Yeah, I think yeah. we were all rooting for him to kill the kid because we, yeah, I mean, yeah. we, we would understand kid, you know? why. We, yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is a lot more meaning in France in the 50s. I mean, uh, the idea of being a collaborator was everything <clears throat> in that idea because the whole the country was split into two with mm. the South being Vichy France. And we were looking at Lyon, which is in the South. So it was obviously Vichy France. What is Vichy France? Yeah. Vichy France was the Nazi occupied part of France. Okay. Um, and most of them had acquiesced to the Germans? Well, that's not or? true. I'm sorry. I said that incorrectly. The top part was really Nazi occupied militarily, just the military owned. Mm that that's the part that you know normandy that part okay. you know that, that that we had to invade and, but then the south was basically puppet uh, uh puppet government by vichy france so um, the, the vichy was more sympathetic to the nazis exactly okay they were owned by the nazis basically so there so was a the, whole idea of being a collaborator or being in the resistance mm-hmm. and that's what divided the country and kind of made the whole country turn against each other kind of a, a lot and look at you know each other after the war mm-hmm. um and that's kind of what I viewed that guy coming in with his German jacket. And then he came in whether to, you know, use or to work with him or to kill him mm-hmm. or, you know, how do we treat the collaborators basically? Yeah. Hmm. Um, and he did, he worked with him and eventually they did succeed. So I think obviously it's a true story, but it was very symbolic in my yeah, mind. Yeah. Like, as much okay. as you hate these guys, we got to fucking get through this shit together or we're right. all fucked. But yeah. he did think about killing him. That's yeah. for sure. Don't yeah. we all? Yeah. Um, so that in that last sequence too, one of the choices I think that's really interesting is um, so Fontaine crosses basically the rope first, mm. uh, and then we don't actually see the kid cross the rope. Which mm. instead we stay with Fontaine as he jumps kind of down to freedom, and then the kid's basically there. So we uh, he didn't have any of that part. I think that probably. Uh, uh, if it, like other, I think other directors would have shown us, like Fontaine oh, yeah. would have stayed up. We would have seen the kid cross the whole thing because. But that was uh, this whole movie. This right. whole movie, yeah. we were never with anyone else. We were no. only with Fontaine. Right. Like, right. So I mean, it totally makes sense that like the perspective would yeah. would not shift in that moment. No, but, mm-hmm. correct. It, but yeah, yeah, it it goes a long way to building that suspense of like mm-hmm. you know we don't see it, we just hear it, and yeah, yeah. 
So yeah. what do you what would you say that you think the purpose of like our marriage to his perspective would be for Brisson? Um, well, I think that maybe the other thing w- might be a little too. Also, it might be in the vein of too dramatic necessarily. Mm, yeah, I think that uh, because that showing the guy crossing would be too dramatic. I, I think so. Like okay. showing the other kid crossing because that's that's more of a dramatic scene. Um, and and I, find that- I don't know too. I don't know too that that actually Fontaine would even stay there. So it it also doesn't make sense that he would wait for the kid. Yeah. He's oh, going to jump both already and go. Free. Yeah, yeah. Um and if the kid drops, the kid drops, you know. Uh <laughs> So so I mean both kind of both of those things, but it does he, fascinate me that that well, he's a man of that, his, man of his word. He said yeah. he would take care of the kid and find him like help or whatever once he got out. Yeah. So I mean that makes sense that he would wait for him like yeah. he is honorable even after all this. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting decision, which I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I, like that's the only thing where I kind of don't quite get why he didn't do it, like why he didn't show the kid crossing. Mm. Um, just just because um, it's kind of to me, it's kind of odd because he jumps down, and if it's the first time you watch a movie, you don't necessarily get that he's escaped. You don't really get that until. They kind of hug a little bit. And oh, yeah, you don't like, get that okay, this is the last wall, yeah, certainly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's part of what I thought that helped to build the suspense. Mm-hmm. I thought, like I said, I thought that was a more suspenseful move. Like, and also, okay. but I also think that it, like, the entire movie, we are just in his perspective. Right. So that crawling over the wall, that crawling right. across that line, he wouldn't have seen that. He would have only heard That's that. That's true. So yeah. we're only shown what this guy can see because mm-hmm. this is literally his story. Yeah. Like if you were to, you know, if he, if it's a true story and he's the one telling us this story from his perspective, he's literally narrating this thing to us. So, you know, that's how you would tell that story. I stood by that wall and I heard the guy coming over and then I saw his foot come over. And like, <laughs> you know, so like, I, I think he really just stayed very, very true to the perspective that that's he true. chose. Yeah. And it comes from a memoir by the actual French resistance yeah. guy who did this. So it would make very, sense. Very, very first yeah, person. Yeah. yeah. And, and two, yeah, that the narration, like you said, is kind of like, like it seems like this is him just recollecting all this stuff and telling us what has happened in the past. Yeah, it and feels past tense, but is that yeah. our translation or is that the I, uh, yeah, saw the I, narration? Yeah, I mean oh, I oh, sorry, voiceover. I, it's not really necessarily said, mm-hmm. but it definitely feels it that feels way, that right? Way. It feels um, that way. he's looking back and telling yeah, a story. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, uh, there's certain moments that where you're like you're like okay this could be in his head right now what he's thinking, but then there's other moments where it seems like he would only know <laughs> this Like when it turns into how past. it's made, yeah, <laughs> like in YouTube tutorial videos on how right. to escape from jail. Correct. Yeah. yeah, he's good. I mean, he is. I, I, oh, I'd listen to that narration. Like that, he's got a good voice for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You, you take the blood blob and you wrap it around the flim flam. <laughs> <laughs> then the you got yourself a hook. Yep. <laughs> There's something about that French accent too. Mm. It's, uh, it's musical. Yeah. What did so, you think about, I mean, I didn't realize that these guys were non-actors. That's yeah. kind of interesting. Um, I thought the main guy did a great job. Yeah. 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 I'm going to check out I his mean, name. They, his name is Francois Leterrier. Did he do anything since is the question. He became a director. He became a director. <laughs> okay. So right. is this like a French neorealist picture in that way? Or um, what, like what, what genre does this 
fall into? I mean, they they toss it into like I think they toss it into early new wave. Uh, but really, yeah, it's weird. It's not Brisson is Brisson is like Brisson. There's not any like in in the sense of like French cinema. Like they say that Speaking he's awful, he's clearly like for having his dick in your mouth, Derek. Uh, well, yeah, no, no, but I'm serious. Like they say that, um, watch the homophobia. They say that, uh, they say, <laughs> well, I'm not, I can't even finish the thought now. <laughs> We're done. I'm, I think I'm done. You, you tell us, you tell us, Tim. I'm what sorry. No, go for wow, it. Wow, this is what? A, damn. What would I go for? I, I don't know. It felt neorealistic to me, you know? I mean, but but it's dead. not Italian, Italian neorealism. No, it's not Italian. Thing. It's not Italian. It's also <laughs> a little bit late to the game for that. Um, but uh, it's not also neorealism because there is certain aspects of it which are not necessarily real, I think. Yeah. Like, like, I'm going to look up Neorealism because I really don't know what the definition up. will be. That's what um, you're doing over here. <laughs> uh, God damn it. <laughs> Things are set up. In Italian no, expression. Okay. Just, so I mean, it, there's specifically finish, Italian. That's why it's To finish my thought, Brisson, they say, was kind of like the father of French cinema and, and Renoir was like the mother of French cinema, mm. basically. Interesting. Those two directors are that like elevated that um, everybody took from them and everybody, you know continues to take from them honestly um but yeah so um let me can i just say one thing about the acting and the uh, the story and the characters i think that all the voiceover was a really unnecessary in a lot of moments not all of it some of it was necessary obviously but there was so much being told off screen with sound design, with eye movements and body language, and so all these yeah. different amazing little cues. I just didn't even want to hear any the of this. The voiceover was kind of a hat on a hat with that. I just sometimes. didn't need it. Sometimes, yeah. it, sometimes it was absolutely necessary. Yeah. I'm not saying all that, but there, there was a lot. I, I mean, you could cut maybe 25% of it out, and I would have loved it because it would have been all sound design. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so, so I think Sorry, that. Yeah. yeah, I think that. Um, yeah, there there is that. It breaks kind of some of the rules of what they say you should do with narration. Now, you should never, like, repeat what we're seeing in mm. a narration mm. that's yeah. kind of, like, redundant. Let's yeah. also say, first of all, this is the first movie we've seen without music. I mean, there's music in the beginning, yeah. the credits, and the yeah. end credits. Yeah. There's no music. No score. I'm I sorry. would Hold argue on. No, that sorry. there's two no, scores. No score. No traditional argue. score. Sorry. Well, Mozart sorry, Tim. did provide some music. <laughs> Just the beginning and end. And that really wasn't even part of the At movie. At key points in the um, film, there was music. Well, so... Are Brisson, you sure? Brisson, when was there? Well, Brisson puts... He, he wrote... I have to watch it again. I'll he wrote, the noises must become music. See, that's where I'm kind of like, kind of saw the score uh, of this film as like the grandfather of Hans Zimmer a little bit, you know? (laughs) Who is the sound designer? We got to find out who who this guy is. Who is the sound designer? Because like, you know, the score was in the, in the way that the guard would, uh, would, uh, drag his keys along the mm-hmm. along the gate. That was or, a very astute comment you, know, you made during the movie when I said, um, "What I don't even remember what I said." I was talking with the keys, and you're just like, "It's the it's music." I'm like, "Is it music?" Yeah, it's and, the diegetic score. Yeah, you it, know, it kind of is. And, well, because it's the way they use it, and and you, it breaks up the the specific moments of and silence. It builds and, tension as well. You know, it lets you know what it it, it, it it's almost yeah. It's like a sonic foreshadowing. It's in the way that you use it. Uh, yes. it, it's also, uh, 
It's also, you know, you can shoot something completely personal. You know, you can have these reaction shots where you're just looking at Fontaine and seeing his face and his reactions and everything around him is the sound design. Like this guy would have loved Dolby Atmos or, <laughs> or like, you know, having the best pair of headphones in the world. Like I, I'm surprised this dude is not like, he, he understands sound design better it than did. most sound designers. Even in the way that, yeah, mm. it really like kind of placed certain characters in certain places when he was listening to the, uh, listening to the guard as he paced, you know, you mm -hmm. could hear when the guard yep. was closer. You could hear when the guard was further away it was and everything. sitting there and having to stare at Fontaine mm -hmm. while he listened to that really effectively places you in that moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're, you're you are with him. It's experiential. That's, and it's so just, it's such we a, are we. I mean, it's not crazy nowadays cause we have some movies like that, but, but you know, like movies buried for instance, but you know, uh, not as good, obviously, <laughs> but it, it, back then, in such what we were watching, these paths of glory in Casablanca and Sunset Boulevard, it's such a bend. We're getting the bends. It's such a big stylistic difference. And I, I think it's right. great. It's a great choice, Derek. Uh, mm. And I, I'm a big fan of the, uh, I don't know, everything about it. It was, good. Yeah. it was a good choice. Yeah. I got one more uh, good quote <laughs> to, to just go with this. Uh, he says, so when a sound can replace an image, cut the image and or neutralize it. And then he says, the ear goes more... Uh, uh, more towards the within and the eye towards the outer. So mm. I guess because it's like when when we're hearing it, yeah, it's more like there. our yeah. experience yeah. as opposed to seeing someone else's experience. Yeah. Well, insofar as like suspense or fear yeah. goes, you know, True. what you're seeing in your head is always going to be more scary than mm -hmm. what you're seeing on the screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. absolutely. That's why hiding the shark in Jaws was so powerful. Biggity bam. Yep. Yeah. So uh, if we were going to cast it today, mm. ooh, how would we cast it? DJ Qualls. DJ, DJ Qualls. Fucking solid. <laughs> DJ fucking Qualls. Solid. Good answer. Good oh, answer. Oh, God damn. I'm sitting on that one for a All right. <laughs> yes. And then DJ yes. Qualls. And then uh, for the little kid prisoner, the 16-year-old, yeah. current day Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. they really point out that he's 16. Like, yeah. like uh, not Strozak. What was that other What was that other Herzog film where the guy's 40 and he plays a 12-year-old? Casper uh, Hauser. Yeah, the enigma of Casper Hauser. Yeah. 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 No, so, yeah, that 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 would work, too. And that's great for that moment, too, where, uh, where because we're on Fontaine when he says, when he sees, like, the kid come in and sit down. Yeah. We don't even oh, see it. Oh, yeah, like, totally. That he reveal can't be of more thing. than 16. <laughs> <laughs> we, like, Matt Damon. we get a reverse. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> and then, you know, got to sell it. Matt Damon yeah. then says, I'm 16. And then since Matt Damon's character is like, is he a traitor? I don't know. We make the head guard Ben Affleck. Yeah. Oh, that's a good uh, idea. Yeah, yeah. And then the scene where they're yucking it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're yucking it up. How there. you like them apples? I like it. I like it. I, I feel like, like Ben Affleck. I'm sorry. I feel like Matt Damon's played this character many times. He has. Yeah. Where he's like, maybe he's a traitor. Yeah. Maybe he's a traitor. He sucks. <laughs> but actually, this guy turned out okay. Yeah. Was that school ties or uh, Interstellar? Like every movie. <laughs> I, I think it was, yeah. Wasn't it? Uh, I don't mind. Uh, Departed. What's that Elliot Dolly Smith Zero? movie that Gus Van Zandt directed? I don't know. I want to see it now. Oh. You've seen it. It won a Golden Globe. It won an Academy Award for the writing of it. You know? Oh, the, writing? The, 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 thing the main one? The, the Goodwill Hunting? Yeah, the Goodwill the Hunting. Will, mm. Yeah, the Will. Yeah, the Goodwill Hunting. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, one that they're, uh, the one that they wrote, quote, unquote. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, certainly they're listening uh, to this and certainly they're upset. Yeah, they, they are crying in their million dollar fucking 
beers. Yeah, you know, yeah. so the kid who did play uh, Joe Stinnett, so the 16-year-old looking Matt Damon kid, mm-hmm. yeah. was only in this movie. He right, has no other credits I thought all. more young, young Leo. But, uh, yeah. Young Leo, Young yeah. Leo, yeah, we're, and we're talking like uh, we're talking like Gilbert Grape Leo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Growing Pains Leo, Growing Pains Leo, yeah. well before my time. Uh, so I, I was going to say, I Kirk was gonna Cameron say, show. <laughs> oh, I know that one. Yeah. And I was going to say before he could act, but then I'm I'm still not sure yeah. if Leo can act. <laughs> Leo should have gotten the should have gotten the Oscar, not for that fucking bear movie that in your oh. shit on the screen. <laughs> what yeah. should he uh, got it for? No, no, Gilbert Grape. Oh yeah, Grape okay. was great. He really deserved it for Gilbert Grape. I, yeah. I thought like fantastic. Yeah. That's I thought not, you were going to go Django. I thought Django. you were Django yeah. with that. Oh yeah, that yeah, Calvin, yeah, Calvin Candy. Everybody, let's give a hand. You know, you know what he really deserved it for? Blood Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that terrible accent. Yeah. That was bad. Uh, you quick, all the men. I have a quick note that's kind of interesting. So okay. the the main actor, Francois Leterrier, his son, Louis, became Louis a film director and has directed notable actional action and blockbuster films such as the first two transporter films wow the incredible hulk how the mighty clash of the titans fallen. and now you see me wow. jesus huh. man he <laughs> sucks huh big director <laughs> anyways oh, uh, yeah taking the to differ with that yeah. well <laughs> but uh, yeah Oh, I also, uh, I mentioned Papillon earlier. Mm. I want to clear my name. Apparently, they remade it in 2018. Oh, really? I don't know uh, anything about that shit. Yeah. I was talking about the 1973 Papillon. Oh, yeah, yeah. we knew that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we knew fun. that. <laughs> Anyone but listening we're not to the this only ones knows listening. that, too. Yeah. A lot, to the millions of people out there listening. <laughs> I was oh, not referencing that Charles Hunnam film, <laughs> if you can call it that. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to move to my sound, but you guys already said a lot of it, so which is great because we can skip a lot of the oh, boring shit. Oh, we got a lot more yeah, sound yeah, yeah. stuff. There's we want to go. Oh, you want to go there first? All right. Yeah, I guess we should talk about history first. Okay. Yeah. How do you guys feel about uh, the- history? How do you we guys feel about, about letting that. me finish my thought? I don't. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you, how do you guys feel about uh, the characterization of the French, uh, like Kubrick's characterization of the French versus Brisson's characterization of the French? Um, well, a French is characterization of the French seems more genuine. <laughs> more serious. genuine? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and they're yeah. also, I thought they were kind of antithetical almost. Mm, how so? Or, well, maybe I'm not using that word right. But, uh, I, like, I saw the, the characterization of the French spirit in this is like kind of very indomitable and staunch and like almost, uh. Vive la résistance. Francis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, you almost had it. There. I almost did. I stumbled over on tongues. Resistance. Vive la resistance. Vive la resistance. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. You, Hands off to the French. Or hats yeah. off to the French. That's as multicultural uh, as I get. But, you know, Kubrick's characterization of the French is, you know, much more like subservient and like nationalistic and yeah. adherent. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I just uh, I thought it was interesting, you know. Hmm. Well, that that's also the difference between possibly the actual French military versus the French resistance, which is just kind of also an scrubs. interesting point to make. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought this was fascinating in the way they also portrayed the Germans and the Nazis. Uh, very much uh, similar to how Dunkirk portrayed them recently and hmm. maybe Dunkirk copied. 
with uh, very little faces of the Germans. You mm. really you and, only see the yeah. backs of their And they also didn't receive subtitles. Yeah. yeah. Not, we're not meant to we understand them. We care about that moment. We, it's, it's completely from that perspective, which is so goddamn consistent throughout the whole movie. You mm. got to give them credit for all that consistency. It's so crazy. Never gets out of it at all. Yeah. And, um, and it really does it puts you in the world of, of being what it's like being in France. And I did like that at the end, the because it was a choice. It was whether to sacrifice one of your French brothers because he betrayed you or betrayed the country. And uh, you know, and that was the question at the time. And they really struggled literally for at that moment post-war. France because they're just having all of these colonies now after World War II and they don't know what to do with all these people that they were honestly mistreating for hundreds of years. And now they have all these countries like Algeria under them and now they're fighting wars over it. So there, there's this inner battle about what to do and, you know, are we as bad as Germany and are, are, are we colonialists and are we trying to take over mm. the world too and that kind of stuff. Um, and it's, it's interesting because they do have this uh, this right wing bent, and it was you know embodied with Charles de Gaulle, the famous you know general from World War II, who later became their kind of president dictator ish kind of person, hmm. and um, and then he was basically banished and left government for twelve years, and then they invited him back. So it was very similar to how almost uh, the French are going to hate this, how they uh, you know you know kicked Napoleon out, brought him back, <laughs> kicked, uh, you know, what, Louis the 20th out and brought him back. I forget which Louis it is, you know, after 14. <laughs> nah, there's like a million. One of the Louis. The one of the Louis in, you one know, Louis. in 1840s. I forget which one it is. Mm. A lot of Louis. Um, there's too many. And a lot of Phillips. Too many Phillips and Charles and Louis. Pick better names, people. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that just, it, it's interesting and in that, in that they had, they had a lot of problems after World War II. And we were going to talk about Germany after World War II and the other film we're going to talk about in a little bit. But it, they're just the way they had um, to respond is so amazing and so different. And the way countries have to, you know, especially this one, we always talk about that pendulum. It had to go back and forth and swing right and left and right and left until they finally settled on a republic that they thought was not too autocratic and not too socialist, I suppose. Uh, I don't know. It, it's a it's an interesting case. I'm talking too much. Yeah. Um. I don't know. What do you guys think? Did you think that uh, this portrayed France in a I don't know an interesting positive light? Or? See, and I mean, I, I think- thought that it does, but I I feel like I feel like the thing is that it's very much about more than that. It's about kind of a. Uh, almost it's it's a spiritual film. Yeah, it's about There's the human lot. spirit uh, yeah, more yeah, than the French that. spirit. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. Um, I mean, it's true. The human spirit more so. Yeah. Yeah, and about and about that, I, I think I think that well, also, um, so Brisson was actually a POW as well uh, at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not actually a whole lot of information about his 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 history really. Nobody seems to know much about his childhood or any of that kind of stuff, but they do know he was a PO, POW for a while. Um, so he's probably, um, even though it comes from that memoir, I'm sure that there's at least some kind of personal mm. aspects in there too. Um, and I, I don't, I, I think that his focus may be moreover, I, I feel like this story could almost be told 
Like with like you replace the Germans yeah. with anybody. I think that's you a good replace point. The French oh, yeah. with anybody. I think I what I framed it as in the historical context is actually inadequate because it is a movie that's bigger than just France or mm-hmm. the nationalism or patriotism of one country. It is it's the human spirit. It's it's some sort of uh, you know international not international universal feeling within all of us. And, and I thought that was interesting in general, but. Um, because he also kind of mentioned the, the stuff with the, um, the the priest was really interesting to me, the way he kind of dealt with God and, and questions mm-hmm. of, I don't know, uh, I, he, they never, really, even the priest, all they talked about, you know, was escaping, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there was, it was a one track mind, you know, and that really was fascinating. You never really were taken out of this mindset of that character again, where it was just, we got to escape. So even when he was talking to this guy or that guy, it was all. Well, I, the, know, you, I mean, there was that aspect of like, uh, you know, when he gave his pencil away, someone kind of said, hey, you, you should probably keep that because you're going to need something to keep you sane. Like, I think everyone like in there had their element of something that kept them sane. And that was like the one thing. So like, you know, if his, you know, one track mind was escape, that's like all the conversations he would ever have or all the yeah. things that he would ever talk about. Like, you know, the guys that were, you know, writing letters or whatever, I feel like that was, you know, their world, like your world becomes completely consumed by this like one thing that is you know you're using as your mental distraction if it yeah whatever keeps you going i guess in that in that sense keeps you surviving uh and that's cool and 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 you know and that was what they were facing it was more than that it was like it really was their survival they thought of it like that Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um and i don't think we've ever faced anything quite like that you know, I always think it's so interesting that in the U.S., you know, maybe back in the day, maybe they have, you know, 1812 or whatever, but we never faced existential threats. I don't think, and maybe me personally, I never felt like Yeah, that. we had duck and cover like right yeah, before my but generation. It's but not quite the same. Um, we never had Red Dawn. Red we've Dawn is a fantasy. Right, right. You know, yeah, we've yeah. never yeah. faced an yeah. enemy at the gates. An literally. Active, yeah, yeah, fighting yeah. on it's our a soil. Different. I mean, the closest we have is like school shootings and fucking, you know, um, uh, more like the threat of terrorism and yeah. the threat of global warming that has become the psychological but, existential but even those are like you know today. while they're present they're still kind of almost phantom threats mm-hmm. you know yeah. what i mean yeah it's not a yeah something you hear about not something you see every day it, yeah it's not and a, live under right right it's not something know? that's going to kill you yeah. now maybe or, the threat of capitalism right. really that's another podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's already here all those threats that like it's not it's all these things that are like more like people could disagree with them. Nobody could disagree with the fact that the Nazis were there and were going to kill exactly. you. Yeah. yeah. And like uh, a boot yeah. on your throat. Yeah. And that, it's Basically. an actual boot, not yeah. like an idea of a boot. Yeah. More yeah. than just the Nazis there, like literally just someone is holding you captive. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. right. that's like such a universally right. identifiable yeah. sort of situation. Like, yeah. And he's, you know, places him almost in like a Robinson Crusoe-esque situation yeah. where mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's man versus environment really. Yeah. Yep. Truly. Yeah. yeah, everyone else. That's true. Like not showing us all of the Nazis kind of like made them mm-hmm. non-human. Yeah, they may they as well just have just been like the tides hitting exactly. the island. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, speaking of those boots, those footsteps, mm. those footsteps, the Foley, <laughs> I mean, the footsteps were like so goddamn important. It mm-hmm. added so many, so much tension in all these simple scenes just coming closer and louder would just make a simple scene of him trying to fasten a piece of wire into <laughs> the most tension-filled moment. Yeah. 
And it was just so simple and just so perfect. And I, I, I love that simplicity. Yeah. And the repetition and the consistency of it is really what kind of makes it work, <laughs> you know? I, yes and no. I, I I had a problem with some of the repetitions of some of these sounds. Oh, see, I thought it was. <laughs> the squeaky I, I enjoyed bicycle. it personally. The, fuck that fucking bicycle. <laughs> okay, the squeaky bicycle. Fuck yeah, that that's fucking the one you were bicycle. About. You know, it's a shame because I don't want to. Uh, the sound design is so absolutely fantastic. It does what I don't it want it to do in that moment. Yeah. You hated it. Like it's, you hated it. It's yeah, not like, what you know, it should have. Fontaine done. hated that bicycle. <laughs> I don't think he hated it quite the same reason I did. Uh, I wanted to hate it, but I also wanted to be scared. I hated it and just thought about like all the nails on the chalkboards yeah. I've ever heard, or all the. That is, yeah, that bicycle no, needs yeah. a little oil. Yeah, that, just, that bicycle inspired murder more than it inspired fear. Like it made me want to leave the room. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah, it wasn't suspenseful. It was annoying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but uh, <laughs> and that's partly technology. You know, you only have so many sound effects, and you got to repeat them. But it's literally on. like probably the one failure we could point out. In I the know. Sound. I can't <laughs> believe we're doing this. I feel so <laughs> fucking bad because it really. Oh my god, this movie is so Such a good movie. for sound. I can't really say anymore. I would just watch it and listen to it. Really, um, I wonder okay. what it's like to to turn the picture off on this movie and just listen to it. You could get, it, it is a radio play. It yeah. Really and it's got enough voiceover is, that you'd know yeah. what was going on. Yep. It's true. You might need to have it translated into English, but I think it would work regardless. Yeah. You might not even need, you yeah. could. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, it's God. possible. And there's no music too. And I love yeah. the oppressiveness of that. That is such a big deal here yeah. because the oppression of hearing no music at mm -hmm. all. I'm mean, obviously the Mozart when he's in the beginning and the Mozart yeah. when he's free. Similar to, similar to how yeah. in the prison camp and Sancho the Bailiff, they didn't have music. True. It's true. You know? yeah. Yeah. Also Mozart, interesting choice. You know, what do you think about that? Um, hmm. I don't know. Do you know, what do you, what do you know? Did you, did you notice anything special about it? Did you think it was a good choice? Um, I, I, I was really hoping it was all going to be harpsichord, but I was disappointed. <laughs> it's uh, what, what is that? It's, ma okay, it's mass and C major. Yeah, C yeah. minor. C minor. <laughs> Sorry, okay. my I hate bad. To do that. All right, this uh, is C minor one, guys. C minor, uh, yeah. But it's a mass. It's, happy. it's definitely a, a, a you know a religious, religious theme yeah. one, um, and it's he composed it in Vienna after his marriage when he moved from Vienna to Salzburg. So it kind of was like maybe his happiest moment in his life, hmm. you know, because he, I mean, have anyone seen the movie Amadeus? No. <laughs> in his brief, <laughs> depressing life. I've never uh, seen Amadeus. It's a good one. Well, first of all, Salzburg is absolutely like one of the greatest cities in the world. So moving to Salzburg was probably really interesting for him. It was like a new moment in his life. He probably was like, oh, fuck, it's cool. It's like, hey, I'm moving to LA. Like, like you know, man. I'm married. I'm away from a dad who was so oppressive and made me tour Europe when I was three years old. Fuck that guy. I'm finally living uh, on my own. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what Mozart the was thinking. Renaissance Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it seemed I, it seemed to me to symbolize the beauty of life and freedom and everything. So it was just you only heard it when he was free and uh, and in the beginning, obviously, too, when he was before. There's he was one in time prison. that they have it too in the middle when he's going down the stairs. Um, I. I'm trying oh, to Oh, when he exactly was maybe testing, is. maybe when he was when testing. When they brought the, him out of the, when they brought him to the, uh, to the questioning, right? Was it Wasn't to the questioning? Oh, when his buddy was handcuffed and brought out to the, to no, the truck? No, no, when no, he no, was no, going no. to the hotel. No, he was brought to the hotel. Oh. Because he thought maybe yeah. he was free. Yeah. Which yeah, also was might... a great moment for the sound design. 
Mm-hmm. It was the background sound yeah. um, in addition. So let's just make a couple definitions here. Background sound or ambient sound is any sound that tells you where you are or when you are, what time it is. So you could have birds chirping in the morning, crickets at night, or you could have waves in the ocean and wind. Uh, I loved just some of the simple things of when he shot of him looking out the window and you would hear kids playing. You would hear mm-hmm. uh, maybe a church bell, maybe a train going by or, or a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you knew exactly how close he was to the world and what he could see and what he could experience, even though they didn't show you, yeah. you know, it, but it was, it made you feel it more. And yeah. it was very oppressive. You know, you didn't get to really f- appreciate the world and like, just like he couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I was, fa- again, another amazing way to just use sound design to tell that story. Um, let me see what other amazing moments I had. Um, did you guys have any specific ones that you want to mention before I go on? Any specific sound moments well, that you that, noticed? That one that we just brought up where he was uh, taken to the hotel for questioning. When basically we just go to an exterior shot of the building and we just hear cars driving away and getting you mm-hmm. know quieter and quieter. You know, we don't bother with uh, the shot of him getting into the car or any of that bullshit. Yeah. That's like all we need to know is where we were and that we're leaving that. Mm-hmm. And those two things together were enough to just put us into the next scene very, very simply, but extremely effectively. Yeah, very utilitarian. Yeah. 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 Um the reverb was wonderful, very natural, and it wasn't overdone. And it was like, it was just perfect, especially some of the moments in the beginning with when the German was screaming. And it was one of the only few moments when we heard screaming and, and with the reverb was absolutely out, out, overdone and exaggerated, but it emphasized these loud frequencies. And I noticed that we all kind of jumped back on our seat. At least I yeah. did. And I don't know, maybe it's our natural reaction to German for whatever reason, but the, the natural We are sound, trained to hate it. Like, I don't know about that. No, 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 no. I don't mean it in any- For na- Joey. You know, I don't mean it in that way. I, I actually- <laughs> No, I literally- I actually find, German Here's listeners. the thing, and here's the problem. And I, I actually, th- I noticed this in my class because my, my class said this and they were saying this and how German sounds very guttural and isn't a beautiful language. And I, I said, no, it's not true. I think it's because we're used to hearing a lot of portrayals of it on screen yeah. of yeah. men screaming in German. Yeah, it's mostly war not, movies. If we Hans heard Gruber. more beautiful voices of of songs in German or German poetry, I think we would all think German was gorgeous. Mm. You know, we just used to hearing French poetry or Italian opera. I That's fair to say, actually. Yeah, that yeah. we're indoctrinated to fear it's, the German. It's just the portrayals yeah, that we're used to. That's all. Yeah, yeah the, the cinematic Exposure, German accent. Yeah. The, you know. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, like uh, nobody really speaks like that. Yeah, well, it's also literally we're talking right about it now. It's it's all the movies we're watching are awful about fucking World War Two and how the Man, Germans were the bad guys. Can't escape it. You know, you're watching films from this time period. It's going to be about World War Two. It's II. true, and it's it, it's yeah. it's we're and, we're all at the. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say like the entire history of cinema, Germany has been the enemy. We had World yeah. War One, and they were that's the enemy. True, yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah, that's fair. The, the, you know, they they've always almost always been portrayed as the bad guys. It's a very easy sort of villain, and especially post World War Two, like. It is the quintessential villain. Like you don't have to say anything other than put a fucking swastika on someone and they are the evil villain. Whatever they say is like the bad thing. So, you know, just, yeah, like you said, that sort of indoctrination of just like Mm -hmm. always associating them with the the villain, the bad guy. Same thing with Russia when I was growing up, you know, especially the 80s, like every Russian accent is like, if he dies, he dies. I think you know, you're right. I think, and it, it's mm-hmm. it's um it's who's the world enemy of mm-hmm. the time, and usually it is based on the most recent world war. Uh, and I think that what's funny is you guys were talking about how France has this 
reputation of being uh, surrender. Cheese eating surrender monkeys. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, wusses. And, and it's so funny to me because as a student of history, uh, you, <laughs> anyone knows that France is actually the most militaristic and powerful and successful yeah. of any European power in the history of Europe, except for the one moment in World War II. <laughs> so before World War II, they were known as the best land power in mm -hmm. Europe. And it's so funny is one war and now we all think, Which oh, they're cowards. Which goes to show well, it doesn't matter what you- fucking everything. What, yeah, you know, the last thing you did is the only thing people are going to remember. Yeah. You know? And it's why we think Germans are so the enemy So go out on a good too. note. <laughs> yeah, go out on a good note. Please try to be nice all the time, I guess. Yeah. Really yeah. nice. Leave them wanting more. Moral of the story is don't fuck up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what else did I want to say? I loved all the foley, the scratching of the knives against the wood and against the, the, the Was the there any glissandos? Did I miss some glissandos? Well, the there were some natural ones. Some natural ones? That they created the, with like the, the foley and the yeah. keys. As it scraped against the door, you know, mm -hmm. rising in pitch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there was one that went up and went down and went up and went down. It was wonderful. I just yeah. thought it was very naturally musical and they, they were using it to break up the tension. And I just wanted to say- Diagetic score. Very blue man group. Using uh, rests, you know, it's a simple concept. Maybe I've said it before, but rests are a big part of music and, and, and it is part of filmmaking too, is that moments where you just simply don't do anything mm -hmm. and let it let it breathe. And there was a lot of that here. And it worked perfectly because this is an oppressive movie about being in prison and understanding loneliness and silence and boredom. Yeah. Boredom. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and, and it's awesome too, because like, especially with the knocking sounds that they do like sometimes like he'll knock to see if the person is next next door and still there and then you will like just pay like you'll be like reaching be for silence it. Yeah. and you're just waiting for that moment where you hear and then it's not even a loud knock back it's like very yeah. quiet very they're quiet. playing with you they're playing with you and then when you hear that very quiet when you're just like ah oh, like relief and uh and it's just uh, moments like that is just incredible in the thing. We're so used to hearing sound effects that are so exaggerated that it was such a beautiful relief for me to hear something subtle. And mm -hmm. it wasn't just something subtle. It was like subtlety after subtlety after subtlety. I, that's why I think I'm going to be uh, watching this one again. <laughs> uh, again, um, it was very video gamey. Oh my God, the use of distance and danger. Mm. It was like, it was really reminding me of like playing The Last of Us. If you ever play, you know, a zombie video game or something, the way that they use footsteps coming closer and closer to you to say the bad guys are coming closer. Yeah. And it was just simple and so so great and so easy. Um, I don't know. I just appreciated all of that. Uh, let's see if I had anything else what I want to say. Yeah, I'm, I think we all get it. It was just, again, after over and over again, I can't, I can't say enough. Um <laughs> What about the French? I love French. I just wanted to say that. As much as it's, it's it unfair. It's unfair. God damn, language. that language is beautiful. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter what he says. I was all like, oh, these long vowels and soft consonants. <laughs> keep keep talking. I don't care if you're talking about dying. He's like, I'm going to die tomorrow in the, in, the, in the palace. I'm like, oh, that sounds beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's yeah. very poetic. Uh, <laughs> I will say also like um, the at least I and and it's not always the case with all French like uh, in in film, but like the speed at which they speak is also more pleasing. At least mm. in this one, um, for like those of us who are reading subtitles, yeah, yeah. because you can keep up with it. It's I a little think. more like sing-songy like, and yeah, like elongated. Yeah. And, yeah. 
It's not like mm. it's not like those things where it's like ba 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 ba. Sancho the totally Bailiff was stuff. definitely a little yeah. bit more rapid Correct. fire with that Correct. stuff. Yeah, and and yeah, so so it's more of a kind of like pleasing kind of like speed and timbre yeah. and everything. Yeah, I saw Wandering Earth recently, and like I missed half of the subtitles because it just goes so fucking yeah. fast. Like, yeah, but great movie. Uh, I just wanted to mention one more thing that I didn't get to mention during the historical context was that was the use of the German helmet, uh, the Stahlhelm, hmm. which is so iconic. And all you have to do, I love these shots. He did like a few of them where you just put just the just, over the just helmet, the, over the helmet, over the stall <laughs> yeah. helm, if you yeah. will. <laughs> and it was so simple. And it was yeah. like, you barely knew it. You could just have the silhouette of it and it was just get all the effect of it. Mm-hmm. And it was such a powerful image. And immediately, you don't even have to know more than that. You just see the helmet. You're like, oh, it's the German army. It's the Wehrmacht. And you know they're coming and it brings up all, especially if you're French, you know, brings up all of the collective imagination and fears that happened over the years. So it's just, ah, just one small image invokes so much. So I just appreciated that that power that they used in the foreground of those shots. Well, yeah, that's been a lot, like almost all of these episodes I've talked about, like how reserved the uh, the cameras have been, but like this is reserved in a completely different way. So like all yeah. the other movies that we saw were like stage play, like, yeah. where everything was like very well uh, sort of, you know, production designed. The camera was like a wide shot and they let everything play out in the blocking mm-hmm. and like slut- subtle camera movements. This was very much in the, the medium close to close. Yeah. Like this was very in people faces the entire time and we would like identify with one person and then we would identify with another yeah. person and kind of go back and forth very restrained in that way yeah yeah, yeah but it was all very yeah. yeah very much much closer much more intimate when when was his first film released Brisson? um i think 51 diary of a country priest okay I was so his then first so then this was his which how many films did he release since I, think, then. I think this may have been, I might be mistaken. I think this may only be his second film. Really? Because yeah. it feels much more like a masterwork than anything else we've seen. Yeah. It's definitely yeah, you know, very it crafty. Like, I think it's, it's subjective yeah. to it's like, say, but I, you know, like the finest artist found in restraint, yep. I think, you yeah. know, and that's really what he's painting with here is, you right. know, the Looks space like between. Yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize. I really got you up to you. Are you finished? What? No, I was finished. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, the space between your sentences. Try and find that space between. Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't find the space it. between. Uh, no, the space between. <laughs> dot, yeah. dot, dot. Uh, continue <laughs> thinking yourselves, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Food for thought for our millions of listeners. This was supposedly his fourth feature film. Fourth? Yeah. Oh, I'm bad. I'm wrong. Uh, so can you go? Can Derek, you tell us the resident persona. Yeah. yeah. Angels of Sin. Okay. Uh, the Ladies of the Bou de Boulon. Bou de Boulon. Okay. Diary of a Country Priest. Okay, so. W- were those features before? Those feature films. They Wikipedia. were all features? Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. I'm I've only seen Diary of a Country Priest. Uh, no. I don't know. Let me look. Those. The, the dames of... Uh, the ladies know. of Bouda Boulon. But I was right. It was after Diary of a Country Priest, right? You're right. Okay. It was his bright, his next film. Cool. But he took five years off. That was 51. It's kind of a long time. Yeah. Hmm. I'd be interested to see that and and compare like his, his use of cinema Mm. You know, and see what he learned in that period. Yeah. Dude's amazing. Yeah. He had a lot of stuff. And he lived until a whopping 99. Jesus. The dude lived Man. until he was 99 years old. What's, What's your, your secret, Rob? Uh, do what? French what year did he die? I th- uh, I'm not exactly sure. He he lived until 1999. Like 1999? 1961. He made this in his Born late 1901, 80s. Born 
Yep. Actually, 98 well, years old. Well, it depends. Not 98 years old. You know, depends on uh, the month maybe, and what maybe depends on the month. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of math there. Yeah. There is. Yeah. You know, addition's hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, since Joey went off on the one sound element that he didn't like in this movie, I will uh, go off on the one camera element that he didn't hear like. Let's it. Yeah. Um, which is in the opening sequence when we are in the car, um, we, we cut around to some different angles. And then when he finally jumps out of the car, there's this like weird jerky pan over to him that was like... It just felt like someone misoperating a tripod. When he comes like, back in, I know yeah, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. The, and that's like the like I mm. I tried to pay attention for it because it like that felt out of place. So I was wondering if that was gonna be like a style or something mm-hmm. that like he tried to use. Right. But since I never saw it, like everything else was so smooth and so fucking planned that like that just feels like an accident. I don't yeah. 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 To be fair, I didn't notice it. Right on. I, I noticed, I noticed it. I noticed what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, it's basically when he, because it stays on the guy, like when he runs out the door, right? And okay. uh, and then when he gets back in, it pans over and it does have like a jar it move. Like goes down or something? Uh, just like, mm-hmm. It's like a clicky sort of movement uh, panning across. So panning would be, it would be moving from camera right to camera left. And yeah. so as that's sweeping across from the, the guy getting back into the car to the reaction of the guy next to him that's handcuffed, there's like just this weird sort of like start and stop sort of motion that yeah. like mm-hmm. is something I would normally yell at students for, but like yeah, in, it feels you know, locked off. Maybe yeah, like, like they the had tripod locked off was on the or tripod, yeah, exactly. and then and then and then like he's like, no, 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 you got to pan it, exactly. and tilt it, and then they <laughs> yeah. have to unlock it and <laughs> then go to the right, thing. which which is why it caught my eye because it's something I'm yeah. so used to fucking yelling at people for, <laughs> and you know to not see it again really just kind of makes me feel right bad about it. <laughs> the take right here being that Sean yells. Sean yells. Oh, I love to yell. That's really he likes yelling, guys. Yeah, <laughs> He likes yelling. (laughs) But other than that, what'd you think of the camera work, Sean? Um, Like I said, it was just very reserved. It was a lot of medium close-ups, a lot of like, but but it was all very chosen. Like we talked Mm. about a lot of this already, but like just the choice to not show it. it, Honestly, this the cinematography in this movie was based more around what not to show us than what to show us. Mm. So everything was about the reactions. Everything was about hearing the sound, seeing the guy react, and then you making the rest of that movie in your head. The fact that we never really see the faces of the guards that Mm -hmm. we, you know, we only see pieces of their helmets. We, you know, we barely see, like, we don't really even get a lot of POV shots. Like we'll see him like look through things, but we never even get the satisfaction of like seeing what he saw through that. We just kind of like get the we get to hear him and see the reaction of that. So like you know, there's just so much of this world that's even even he gets to experience that we don't as an audience. Right. That I think that it it helps to build that that suspense. And like I said, this like the difference here, the the reason that this goes more into the masterful class craftsman is just how specific and reserved it is. Like I I've seen many people try and do this as the low budget sort of tactic for, you know, not having enough money to show as the things, yeah. but this just didn't feel like that because everything was just exactly where it needed to be. The sound, the camera and the actors, like the, the, the reaction from these non-actors that like really painted that picture. It makes me really wonder what his process is for like getting them to hear and feel and be in those moments without like, I don't know that uh, to me, that's a really hard thing to drag out of an actor, let alone a non-actor. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I've done some research on it. I've never exactly seen 
for a fact that this is the case, but I've always heard that he only u- ever used one lens, and it mm. was the fifty millimeter. That seems right. Um, and and I've I do have so they have a there is a quote from him that he wrote down, which is um, like uh, he said to be constantly changing lenses in photo- in in photographing is like constantly changing one's glasses. <laughs> like basically, he's against that kind of concept. Um, he comes from a background before he started making films of, with, of uh, photography. Mm. So I think he probably knows uh, what he can get with a 50 sure. millimeter lens and is just determined that that's, you know, that's what he was going to do, like everything with that specific lens. Well, uh, yeah, for those untechnically uh, literate there, um, in 35 millimeter photography, a 50 millimeter lens is what we call a normal lens. So that is literally like the most uh, acquainted to what your eye sees. So if you like close one eye and look out into the world, that's approximately what a 50 is. So if you were going to use one lens, a 50 makes the most sense for a realism yeah. sort of well, movie. Like yeah, this. and the, yeah, for the purpose of presenting the story unadorned. Yeah, exactly. in the way that Brisson wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think yeah. I a lot of the a lot of the like choices in blocking and a lot of the choices in uh, the camera work are just just so well done. Uh, there's that one scene where um, it makes like the camera shows you and you don't get. A lot of the reason why somebody's doing it, why why Fontaine's doing what he does, but then you can kind of like like I'll give you an example. So there's the part where he first gets the spoon in this, mm-hmm. and it seems strange because the way it's it's shot, it you know he has it and then it kind of like it tilts down, and we see him put it like next to his foot, mm-hmm. and then he puts the bowl out next to the door. Yeah, and. I, I remember the first time I watched that, I was like, why is he putting it there? Why wouldn't you just put it on, under your mattress? Because they may see it there or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, oh, it makes total sense mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. He, if they do happen to Plausible see it, he can, he can deny the fact that he was trying to hide it. Oh, yeah. I just dropped it or something, yep. you know? Um, and so that giving, giving us that moment and then kind of showing it in the way he does without like telling us that and le- letting us kind of draw that conclusion is really good, like cinematic storytelling, yep. you know? Um, and, and all these moments of just, um, just shots where the camera is exactly in the perfect place to catch something. Um, he's working in like, cause it's in a jail cell and mm. it, it's difficult to make that very interesting, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, but he manages to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That fifty yeah, works out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't. I'm going trying to look up the the production designer because, mm. yeah. my God, just all of the little, you know, thingamabobs and <laughs> gadgets, and and not only that, the actual door, getting the door mm. to slide those slats of wood off in perfect timing in a realistic manner, and then putting the little piece of wood on every time and resetting it mm-hmm. must have been extremely difficult. And to time out the choreography of some of these shots when we're looking at it and like he's got to put the, the wood back in a certain amount of time, like it takes a lot of effort to build these things and mm-hmm. uh, physically and like to make sure they worked perfectly. Like it seemed like all this stuff was actually logical, like, right. like, like the way they built it, like could have been. You like, also have to remember that 
you know, 60 years ago or whenever this was, we actually still had woodworking craftsmen in this country. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. like, it's just they had to build everything anyways. So yeah. For that country, I should say. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, these days you would order from Ikea and you wouldn't be able to get all of that stuff intricately made like that. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. yeah. And and he even tells you what type of wood it's made yeah. of. It's oak and poplar. Right. Yeah. yeah, and beech wood. That was cool. Beech, beech and, wood or poplar. Beech wood or poplar. And He's the, not sure. Exactly. But and that's one left up to the viewer to decide. <laughs> well, that, and even the metallurgy and the spoon. So yeah. like the, yeah. the, what was it? The iron the pewter was too soft. Yeah, and you had yeah. to wait until he got an iron spoon. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let Incredible me just say stuff. one more bad thing before we start saying good stuff. Okay. Okay, <laughs> uh, the room tone. All right, everyone knows what room tone is. It's just basically the background sound of your dialogue. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. The room tone goes up and down whenever a line of voiceover comes in. Mm, okay. And it was really bothersome for me. Okay, maybe it's not bothersome for a lot of people. It wasn't I get bothersome it. for me. I know. I maybe they I mean needed, they needed a gate, yeah, right? Uh, they needed no, a, gate. a knee on their gate. That's true too. They could use of a lot. They could use <laughs> a lot of things. Uh, just maybe you know, record your voiceover without a lot of noise, uh, whatever. But uh, <laughs> I, I honestly, I heard it, but I attributed it more to the transfer. So we know, weren't I watching the Criterion right. or I anything know. like that. I assume a That's lot true. of that is just in the piecing together of these multiple pieces of film. I know I'm being a dick, yeah. uh, but it's it's just giving me a choice to a uh, chance to yeah. say, watch your room tone. If it goes up and down, <laughs> it takes me out of your film. Let's Especially not do yeah, that. if you're making something contemporary and you have this sort of problem <laughs> totally. with your room tone, Jesus fucking Christ. I do see it actually a lot with voiceover too. People oh, don't yeah. realize it because they think that oh, I'm just adding, I'm just plugging this in. Yeah, yeah, I'm just plugging it in. I don't need to like smooth it out or add crossfades or add little. You still can notice that a lot in in stuff. You know, yeah. I noticed that in uh, uh, Hereditary. I don't want to talk too much about it, but there's this one particular line where it's like, wow, that's fucking bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. When they had to change a specific line. Yeah, when they had, yep, yep, yep. For yep. story purposes, mm-hmm. even though Reshoot it didn't really matter. Reshoot the fucking scene. Yeah. Reshoot the yeah. fucking scene. <laughs> You're funded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or actually, uh, don't even do that. That's a lot of mistakes that like uh, uh, first time filmmakers will make. Yeah. They'll think that, oh no, you know, the continuity of this particular detail right. is very important. Oh yeah, yeah. People a lot of times do not pay attention if to the continuity. Performance is good, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Plus it's it's always like I need to include every single line because I wrote every single line. Oh, that's a whole <laughs> I wrote that. <laughs> this is just, my script is a they masterpiece. How could I cut a line? Say it my way. Oh my God. Even though this line sounds like absolute shit and there was a train and three cats in it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, I can't cut it. I can't cut it. No. If you haven't cut <laughs> your babies, the movie's not done. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. Kill your darlings. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apart from the room tone thing. Yeah. Good job. Well done. <laughs> uh, the only other kind of randomness I had was uh, his shirt. Um, just the fact that the blood stains stayed on his shirt the entire time. Were they traveling? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Just like I just thought it was interesting the fact that like he never got to wash his shirt. He was there for yeah. months, and like his shirt stays the same the entire yeah. time. Well, have yeah. you ever like, gotten a lot of blood on your clothes before, Sean? Doesn't come out. Oh, I'm I'm not saying this is a problem. I'm I'm just. I have just you ever been in prison noteworthy. in 1940s France? <laughs> 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 Do you watch Gladiator? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ever been but, in a Turkish prison? Yeah. But no, I I just thought like the 
just kind of the wardrobe in and of itself was cool because mostly when you're doing a prison movie, everyone is just in prison garb. So mm -hmm. we don't like have any indication of really any sociological standing. Mm -hmm. Whereas like this one, you know, people stayed in their regular clothes. Yeah, and what you, what you arrived in is what you exactly. stayed in. Even yeah. if yeah. it's a wedding suit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Hi, still <laughs> does. Yeah, that is kind of weird. And, and the fact that even we had that Jost guy come in with his German jacket. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's a little yeah. weird. They let him keep the jacket when you go to prison. You know, well, yeah. Uh, it's cold in that cell. Yeah, I think they know who the Germans and who the prisoners I, are. Yeah, like, it's just a little strange. Yeah. Prisoners keeping, and, and that's a little weird. That well, they that. let him, you know, like they let him keep his yeah. keep his suit jacket. Uh, I don't have like, a problem with it because I liked it. You know, it was uh, yeah. Gave him his character. It did, yeah. 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 And that's why they let him um, keep his jacket. Yeah, that that also <laughs> might be one of those things that yeah, like, this is important for the to your story. character keeping. Like, yeah. Another bit of errata that I have. Errata. Um, uh, I wanted to talk about the the moment where so there's a moment he has to kill somebody in the film. He has to kill a guard. Mm -hmm. uh, the one moment of violence that we have. The yep. one moment of violence that we have, and the way it's done is basically we see him against the wall, and he's listening to when the footsteps get closer. Um, and it, there's a voiceover too that kind of explains it. And he says, okay, he's turning around now. And then he runs around the corner and we don't actually see it happen. Mm -hmm. Or hear it happen. No, yeah. really hear we it. don't hear it happen either because yeah, there's like a, a train I think yeah. is passing by right mm -hmm. at that those moment. Such, all those were so good. Yep. Time those yeah. 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 It was, and, and, you know, it does remind you of the Shawshank redemption scene where he waits to like hammer the thing when the lightning yeah. strikes or whatever it is. Um, and so it kind of has that similarity there, but, um, or influence upon, uh, influ yeah, it's, it's totally an influence mm -hmm. upon the Shawshank yeah. Redemption. Yeah, a lot of movies that do um, that. yeah. And, uh, also like the hammer thing and mm -hmm. like dumping the rocks yep. in the, in oh, the, that's shit. Totally yeah, the yeah, same. yeah. When you had to put it, the, the poopy glass. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This is a learning it was podcast. The same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the shit yeah, bucket. Put some poopy yeah, the poopy glass. glass. You know yeah. the poopy glass? Yeah. 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 He had know. to put the poopy glass. That was like done in Shawshank. <laughs> <laughs> Not poopy glass. It was like little rocks. Right? Yeah. Little yeah. rocks. Yeah. Out yeah. of his pants. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so, so they asked him about this. So I, I guess when it went to, to Ken, um, like in 57, they, um, uh, 56 or 57, whichever it's pronounced. <laughs> um, I'm they sure we're butchering, we're butchering all these people's names too. So, um, uh, I guess they had like a matinee. They played it as a matinee because they didn't, uh, they didn't, uh, there was some kind of political thing there. They didn't like Brisson that much, oh, apparently. Really? Um, even though he ended up winning best director for it. So, <laughs> mm. so I guess, I guess he won the day anyway, but but anytime you see like an interview with him that they do, uh, and they have, there's a strange one too. I think it's on the pickpocket, uh, the Criterion pickpocket thing, where it's basically two people sitting opposite him, uh, and just like like barking questions at him. It's very strange. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's a good interview if you want to watch it. Sometimes <laughs> it's a great um, tactic. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, so they asked him about like, uh, did he have an affinity? Like, did w was he scared of showing like, uh, why didn't you show like, why didn't you show this murder? Are you against yeah. showing? Are you against showing like death in, in yeah, yeah. movies? And he said that um, he said that the, the uh, subject of the film is not on the hands that strangle; it's somewhere else in the currents that are flowing through. 
So he interesting. So yeah, so he's kind of saying that that's not the subject of the film. That's why I don't show that because yeah, not that's not that's not important. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's about even the though, philosophy of the escape. Yeah, rather even than the, even though it's fascinating because he does also he shows he has so much of an affinity for hands in this thing. Mm-hmm. There's the you know there's the it starts off with hands. It does uh, yeah. throughout almost all of his work. There's kind of like focus on points of action, right? Our mm-hmm. hands. Uh, there's a thing People in people doing shit. There's a thing in Lancelot Duloc where he shoots basically a, a, a jousting scene and he mainly focuses on the horse's legs mm. um, throughout. Um, and things such as that, he's always focused on like putting the camera where the action is. And I don't not necessarily mean the action, but physicality. Yeah, where movement. actual movement is happening. Exactly. Um, so I thought that's that's fascinating. That that's a fascinating answer. It yeah. kind of gives you an idea of. It's like, an interesting insight into his uh, into his perspective and his goal. Right, totally, right. absolutely, yeah. Um, to just give a little more context, sorry. The uh, basically France was in between the republics, and they switched in 1958. So in 1958, they made Charles de Gaulle return, and they had this kind of you know era of more patriotism and more right wing. Not, I don't want to say autocracy, but more era of good feelings, I guess, mm. if that makes sense. Nationalist France. Yeah, if you will. Uh, so I, I think I don't. I, if you put it in a certain context, that's interesting. That was the year before um, all that happened mm. in, in Cannes, you said. Cannes. 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 I think that's well, you pronounce Cancun. it can if you believe that you can make it there. <laughs> and then it's yeah. con if, if you, you believe cannot. that you cannot. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it canonical? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, more con. You got another one, Sean? No. Go with I another con. Was, Anybody got any more can? Con, can. Email us in. Email in your best can con puns. Mm, can do. So, <laughs> um, I, I, did you guys know that? Okay. Errata means errors. I didn't know that. It, it comes from errors, like mistakes. So it's not necessarily like extra stuff. It's miscellaneous. It's yeah, more it's like, interesting more that like we would errors. choose. It's corrections. Yeah, what an errata <laughs> that we, that we, you know. Just, and yeah. it's, we kind of use it as that, as time to bitch about the certain things we forgot kind to bitch of. about. I mean, I just but said yeah, it. Honestly, sort of, but honestly, the only time errata has ever been said is when you just said it. It says it on our sheet, but the listeners don't know that. They don't know we it. Said they don't it. know that. It's on our sheet of things. We said. Yeah. It's on we our set, set list. Multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. So if um, we were going to make this movie a drinking game. Yeah. Have yeah. we thought about that at all? I I I think uh anytime he's anytime you see hands could do hands. Yeah. <laughs> hands uh yeah or maybe hmm. anytime you hear a whistle or a bell. Anytime so the anytime yeah, the presence geez. changes. What? Oh, anytime the presence, the presence changes. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> if you really don't want to get drunk anytime that shirt changes, right? Yeah, because that's never. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like not, if it's you know not drink a Sunday morning and you're watching the <laughs> yeah. film, you know. Uh, every time you see a German, you probably end up drinking like ten times. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you hear a disembodied footstep. Mm. Yeah. Oh my god, no, you can't do that. You'd get fucking hammered. You'd get shit hammered. There's like yeah. 100, yeah. 150 of those. Yeah. No, Anytime yeah. like that there's the a, a, a YouTube tutorial on how to escape a, <laughs> 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 how to escape a 40s French prison. Yep. 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 I like that. I like that. 
Mm. So uh, should we go to the IMDb to find a scathing review? Yeah, the what do you got for Scathing reviews. What is yeah. the scathing is? Yeah, who scathing? hates this shit? So the there's one. One, one, there's a, so there's no one star reviews. There's no two star reviews, but there's a three star review. Who is, is this, this out of five? This is <laughs> this is out of ten. Out of ten. Oh, out of ten. Wow. From Ooh, now I'm excited. Yeah, from that is Owie, a little more scathing than I thought. From, from who? Owie two thousand one. Mm. Uh, ironically, posted in two thousand twelve. So mm. interesting. He, yeah, out of his time. On his 12th Man, birthday, he wrote He's this. been hurt for 11 um, years. Well, he thought the world was going to end, in fairness. Yeah, yeah, probably. An owie that it didn't. Owie, oh, you know, yeah. he was <laughs> very nihilistic. <laughs> so he says, much overrated. That's the title of this thing. Uh, warning spoilers, but we've already spoiled the movie, so we can't spoil it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder how many people watch this movie thinking, what's all the fuss about, and give in to the overwhelming praise it receives. But reading again and again about the masterpiece, in quotations, and most realistic movie ever made, I have to cry out, realistic? No. <laughs> I mean, I get the point. We're out we're out to make the anti-Hollywood POW escape movie. That's fine with me, and it succeeds in some ways sometimes. Only it's kind of hypocritical, isn't it? Doesn't the suspense of the movie come from the viewer expectation? Does he make it and how, uh, though we know from the title that he does, <laughs> and not showing uh, the violence of killing the German soldier in which way is the great... What? In which way is this great? Sorry. Mm. I apparently can't read. He's making um, him dumber than he is. Yeah, yeah for real. I am. I mean, I, you know. Uh, you could even like argue... Yeah. Uh, you could even argue Brisson just isn't capable of showing this kind of action. And how exactly would mm -hmm. he have done it? Killing a male soldier with his hands without a sound? How exactly does this work? Uh, so he clearly Who the fuck stuck, are you? He's stuck on this one moment, yeah. clearly. Wow, uh, yeah. Taking under consideration that our protagonist doesn't strike me as the superior close combat type, and it doesn't really convince me that he could uh, bu build this rope without... <laughs> Was That's this written what, by the guy that did that Navy SEAL copy pasta shit? Probably. First. <laughs> Wait, he's not, he's, he's like the rope first. Uh, no, he says and, and that he oh. could build this rope without anybody noticing. First, how to hide it. And second, how come absolutely nobody notices the disappearance of all the material needed to make those ropes? But then again... Uh, German, yeah, and it's actually then again. Uh, German sh soldiers were stupid, inefficient, and absolutely not to be taken seriously, as, we, as we've learned from so many Hollywood war movies of the 50s through 80s. Boy, that's a long time frame. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I used to rather like, I used to rather <laughs> like this range. movie. Oh, he used to, so this isn't the first time watching it, I guess. I used to rather like this movie, the Latrobe thing about it. But when I watched it again uh, last night, uh, and there was this shot of Divini, which is the real name of the person and yeah, not the, the character's name. The guy who originally wrote the oh, gotcha. yeah. escape yeah. memoir. Um, not Fontaine. Uh, <clears throat> Pre-Fontaine. Pre-Fontaine, yeah. Fuck, you beat me to it. Divine. <laughs> Devon, Devani going to kill the soldier with his hands raised as if he was Dracula or the Wolfman, which I agree with that. It is strange. Uh, out to get his next victim, I finally got lost. 
if you want to watch something that's treating realism in a way, I'd say, uh, okay, in a way, I'd say give some of those a try. Give some of those a try. Okay, and then he lists them. So these, uh, Latro Police Adjective. Uh, Tokyo Monogatari, Day of Wrath, McCabe and Mrs. Miller, A Woman Under the Influence, The Wind Will Carry Us, uh, Louis Michel. So some of those films that he mentions are really good. Um, some of them I haven't seen. Uh, actually, the ones that I have seen are really good. So probably the ones I haven't seen are good. But uh, that was a weird moment. He did. The, the, it's the one moment of kind of like dramaticness in this that seems kind of odd. Mm. Like when he does raise his hands to go and kill. Oh the yeah, guy. that is, that is very yeah. It is kind like of like some Nosferatu shit. Yeah, yeah. I think it. I think also it's something that Brisson would probably not have. Uh, that's maybe the one thing that probably might have even bothered him about it, really, <laughs> yeah, because it yeah. seems it seems Definitely like seemed out of place. over theatric. theatric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yes, yeah, so it was almost uh, uh, fucking uh, actually, yeah, Sunset it, Boulevard. It felt yeah. like uh, the old lady kind yeah. of like in a shadow. When I was watching it, I actually yeah. like I think Derek saw this. I like involuntarily like mocked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I raised my own hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a weird moment. But uh, overall, I I don't know about um. So so the review basically seems to be only bothered by that one murder in it yeah. which is really strange. focuses a lot on that five minutes yeah. That, yeah that very tiny part of it yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a uh, lot resting on uh three star review out of ten yeah yeah, yeah. dock it down a lot seven stars yeah. seven stars for seven that stars. Yeah. Ouch. Uh, this guy's a douche yeah, <laughs> yeah. so what would you Howie rate it 2001 how we 2000 what would i rate it hmm okay i'm gonna give this i'm gonna give this Eight out of ten. Okay. Oh. Uh, I really did enjoy it. Uh, I do think it's really, really, really good. It's not perfect. Like I said, I don't like the ending. I, I think it just could have been better. It's not that I don't like the ending. I think it could have been better. Um, the sound design is so really, really, really ahead of its time. I think it's worth watching and appreciating. Um, story's pretty good. The acting's good, and the character's interesting. It's like it's a really fun. I mean, it's a little bit long. I will say it's like I think it's an hour and forty five. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can kind of stand the uh, the oppression of being in a prison for a little while, it's a really good story. Um, especially if you like, you know, a feel good Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> getting yeah. out of prison, you know, feeling good at the end of the day. Yeah, it's like Shawshank with less rape. It's definitely um, there's a definitely sanitized version that. of that. Yeah, <laughs> less of that. Yeah, yeah. It's just more sanitized. But you know, um, uh, people were a lot more jaded by the speaking 90s. On that, mm-hmm. you know? Speaking on that, I saw a weird thing on the IMDb. They say that the length of it is uh, 101 minutes, right? 90 minutes censored. So there oh, well. was a censored version of this, and I can't imagine what they would take out. Yeah, that's like there's what nothing in it that China. seems like Probably it would have to like, be censored. I, I I think like it would have to be some sort of content for the time. You Maybe know what I mean? The bloody be. scene, yeah. like Maybe when he's the idea that he would in the kill. Cell. No, I mean like like uh, mm, what's like, his name? Like uh, commentary. Oh, like you know something I mean? bad like, against France something or something that, bad. Yeah, against, something yeah. that presents so, something in a, a poor light. I think mm-hmm. maybe the, the idea that he would kill Jost. Yeah, or maybe the idea that Orsini would have existed at all. 
Yeah. I mean, that's 11 minutes well, out of the runtime, though. That is a lot of time out of it That's like a, a subplot. <laughs> like, yeah, right? That's that's a lot of time. Yeah. I'm maybe to, maybe yeah. it was all the YouTube tutorial yeah. shit. Maybe like, <laughs> 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 I don't want anybody to get <laughs> yeah. a censored version where, like, the, the really fucking obvious <laughs> jail voiceover. Version. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, this jail uh, was still in, in use up until 1997. So, <laughs> maybe it's wow. yeah. yeah. the jail version. Uh, I want to yeah. tell any secrets about these prisons. <laughs> really easy to break out. <laughs> <laughs> all the door stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All the doors nah, were still wood. It's cool. yeah. like, yeah, it's like a, a boy. Boy Scout like ingredients kit. It's yeah. like, hey, do you need any more wire or thread or yeah. rope or knives or spoons? Yeah. We got it all yeah, in your prison a, cell. He has yeah. a pencil. He's like drawing yeah. plans yeah. on the wall Jesus. at one point or another. Yeah. It's the original escape room. Yeah. <laughs> really nice in this yeah. French prison. Cell. Yeah. Well, I have to say, I completely disagree with Joey. I went with uh, four out of five stars. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> what was your review Whoa. again, Joey? Wait, so you completely agree with me? Yeah. God completely damn you. Agree. Just a different yeah. scale. I don't like a different scale. Wow. Okay. You know what? Thank you. for I Because I don't like feeling like I agree with you, so thank you. <laughs> exactly. I give you a little plausible deniability there. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. I mean, this is, uh, I didn't even mind reading it. Um, you know, there's very little to read and it went slow enough to enjoy things. But like so much of this movie is visual. Like you, I didn't get distracted by the text. I was able to actually like enjoy everything that's going on and like really take in this movie. It is a movie that like works kind of outside of language, really. Mm -hmm. Like there is just- mm -hmm. Well, it, it leans on a lot of different senses. Exactly, well. yeah. It was, it's a, a very sensory experience that is like, yeah, using sound and using the the w movement and light and everything. Like, um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Um, there were a couple of moments where like I thought things dragged down a little bit there were a couple of like those moments where I think we're just like staring at a face for a little too long here and there mm -hmm. um, you know so I I, it didn't quite reach uh, five stars for me but it is enjoyable and it's probably one of the few I would watch again cool awesome yeah I will give it a 10 out of 12 kind mm. of the similar yeah. <laughs> to everybody else um, it's I think Brisson is great. I think that uh, his I I like some of his other films better. His like uh, Four Nights of a Dreamer is like in my top ten. Um, I do think that this one's more approachable than that one. Mm. Um, I do still feel like this is a very very solid film, and it's a great introduction to kind of his style and the way he, just a, that whole thought process. Um, and I think that. A lot can be gleaned from him, uh, even for like people making films these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. That stepping away from all that theatricality, uh, you have no scenes where it's two people like just sitting and talking at yeah. a table. You, you know, we've got always there's movement, always there's action, always there's something going on that keeps it interesting. The closest thing to a standard coverage was when he was interrogated in that room. Yeah. And that was like literally just a one shot pull back on a dolly and zoom in a bit. Like That's we still it. never even saw the reverse. Yeah. yeah. So it's incredible to see something that was made like, uh, how much, 70 years ago now? Yeah. Almost 70. And we're going to work on 70 years ago pretty soon. Yeah. yeah. That's math. Um, uh, 60-ish, I don't know. Huh? We're all artists. Um, <laughs> we are, can't do math. 
So working on working towards seventy years yeah, ago. It could right? be anything. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't it's matter. Any number. It's <laughs> but, <short. laughs> but the thing is, it still feels fresh, right? Yeah. It still it feels is, like yeah. something that yeah that very contemporary. Very contemporary, and I mean, incredible that he did this then. And uh, I do want to say that one last little thing because I thought of this but didn't mention it. Um, it is fascinating that both of this came out at the same time. Uh, Paths of Glory did, and they both kind of treated Germans the same way in a mm. sense that Germans are not shown faceless. at all yeah. in Paths of Glory, and in this one, yeah, they are still kind of faceless. I mean, you do have you catch them a little yeah, yeah. bit, but essentially, why do you not think really that focusing is? on them? Never identifiable. I, yeah, I think I think that that's the maybe that's the best way to handle it. Um, at yeah, that time, I think this yeah. is a reconciliation moment, and it's also yeah. you know, it's not their story. Yeah. Well, that you know? too, but it's it's. You definitely don't want to, at this time in history, you didn't want to humanize them at all. Like True. The, you didn't want to make anything that would be apologetic of what they had done. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. the fucking Nuremberg trials were still fucking going on. Like, you know, you, you, you could very I, easily yeah. be put into the, uh, the red scare and, you know, sort of blackballing. I think it's both ways is you don't want to upset anyone or make yeah. any political statement, if you will. And then, yeah. you, and you know, right. Why even do that when you don't have to, when the story's not about mm -hmm. them. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think with him, and it makes it a better story. Yeah. Even. Yeah. yeah. Or more timeless. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Yeah. And with him, it was, it was probably just, it's, you know, there's only one in which he kind of focuses in on where he ever really talks about the, the guys. I mean, actually, he does, I guess, mention the three people that he knows where they are. The sergeant sleeps up there, mm -hmm. the blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But he, but also when he actually knows that he's going to have to kill this guy, there's kind of like a moment there. That it, there's like kind of a human moment about like, yeah. I'm going to have to kill this guy. Well, we don't and know if he's ever killed anyone before. That's like, true. Mm -hmm. Also yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Well, he did mention how, how dangerous bridges were being blown up. He meant, he kind of alluded to their guard. Yeah. Do you remember that? And he's supposed to be a high-ranking... Uh, he, well, lieutenant in the resistance, so it is foreseeable that he might have. Yeah, yeah. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I'm, sure I'm sure everyone in that time and place it knows death, yeah. whether or not mm -hmm. they were. Yeah. You know, yeah. Another great film about the French resistance that actually didn't come out until fairly recently um, is uh, Army of Shadow, hmm. Army of Shadows by... Um, uh, Melville, I believe it came out after this one. It was like sixty something. Uh, so it's but for some Army reason, of Darkness. Uh, yeah, 69. exactly. Right sixty nine. It came out. Yeah. So it didn't receive for some reason. I don't know why it didn't didn't show up here until like the two thousands. Oh, wow. So it Very has a, like a really really high rating on like uh, like a lot of reviews on on Rotten Tomatoes because it came out at the time in which the internet's been kind of mm. around and like uh, people yeah. were reviewing it like it was a new film almost <laughs> essentially then. But uh, that's a great film too about so the French one, resistance. One thing I quickly I just say in the Wikipedia yeah. really quickly. Uh, French critics denounced it for its personal. Which one? Uh, the Army of Shadows. Right. Uh, French critics denounced it for the perceived glorification of Charles de Gaulle. So oh, okay. It's, so it's about like what you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was. It, that's probably more like why it what, wasn't released. Or? Yeah, or what this was. What, what I was. I kind of characterized the other movie, um, mm, okay. which is really huh. probably more the Army of Shadows. Um, Interesting. Uh, one more thing I just wanted to say. Oh, actually, no. No, let's go to Tim. Yeah. Fuck. fuck <laughs> who, no. cares? who cares what I have to say? What's your rating? Oh, do I get an opinion this no. time? No, no, uh, no. I, you know, I give it, uh, I give it two out of three escape hooks. I would. Mm. Um, I, uh, yeah, I like, yeah, good. 
you know? <laughs> yeah. Would you watch it again? Uh, yeah, I would. I, I really enjoyed viewing this movie. You know, some some of the movies that we watch, it's like you know, you, I'll be watching it, and it's it's like this is this is enriching for me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> eating your vegetables. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's really yeah. It's just yeah. like I'm eating my vegetables here. I'm learning. This I enjoyed. It was yeah, yeah. suspenseful. It was gripping. I you know I really cared about this character, and I you know. Uh, felt very married to his perspective, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I actually had more, but we were talking so much about it. <laughs> yeah, we shit we that I just kind of lost my train of thought. Yeah. But yeah, you know, pretty good. Uh, two out of three escape books. Yeah, thumb and a half. <laughs> thumb and a half. Thumb and a half. Yeah. Thumb and a half. You know, because yeah. ratings are half arbitrary. Thumb. Indeed. One thing I wanted to say is that I think that this movie could be made today for a very low budget yeah. and yeah. fantastic. You know, there is a yeah. there's a hundred and fifty thousand dollar version of this movie that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, mm. you really just you don't and you don't need a lot of actors, you know, yeah. and you don't need a lot of you don't need famous real actors. actors. <laughs> yeah. And you don't I mean, need a lot of locations. You need like a few cameras, you need one lens, <laughs> you know, you want fifty. <laughs> uh, you, know, you could do this for a lot, you know, pretty cheap mm-hmm. and make yeah. a great movie. Would anybody watch it today with non uh with non professional actors? Wasn't the phone books or phone booth similar? Like Colin Farrell? I, I never saw it, but wasn't nah, it? Kiefer Sutherland's in the, is that what you're talking about? It, wasn't there a movie that was basically like a dude trapped in a phone booth and like every shot was like his perspective? Like, Colin, Colin Farrell. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, but like, you know, that's a known name. Yeah, brings, true, true. You know, today, if you make something yeah. that doesn't have any known names in it. That's true. It's, yeah. Especially it, and if you make like something that's absolute like fucking garbage that's got a known name in it, it's yeah. going to get distributed somehow, Perhaps. you know? Jesus Christ! They made that uh, the 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 Left Behind sequel. <laughs> Left Behind <laughs> Leftovers. What is that? No, Left Behind a, sequel. What is this? Well, Left, Left Behind, behind well, again. That's the yeah. fucking religious book well, it's series. A, right? It's a Kirk Cameron film yeah, yeah, yeah. that oh, was Left remade with uh, Nick Cage. Oh wow! Oh right, yeah. that's right. Jesus. Yeah, am yeah. I the only one that pays oh, attention is to garbage it, so these the, days? Wait, there's a rapture uh, and people are left behind. Is that the deal? Probably. It, it's like a either 20 volume religious series of books. But yeah, it's all about the rapture. It's all about like what happens after people get. My like, point being is that today you can have a dumpster fire with a name in it. Oh, it'll yeah. get distributed. Yeah. yeah. You know, and if you have, you can and have. That name can be a Twitter star. Compared, <laughs> comparatively, you can have solid gold yeah. that doesn't have a name in it and it might get completely overlooked. Um, yeah. I feel like. Which um, is a shame. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Is Steven Soderbergh trying this kind of stuff now? Fuck Steven Soderbergh. Maybe yeah. I, you know, like he's him, doing the iPhone shit. Yeah, he's yeah, trying yeah. to maybe do less pioneer. professional actors. It's like Dogma '95. I feel like I should give it more of a shot than I'm giving it. I mean, I, but I tried also, to watch like, Tangerine. There's only like, so many hours in the day. You couldn't watch Tangerine? No. Couldn't I watch Tangerine? Tangerine was no. pretty. That 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 guy's interesting. His stuff, at least. Um, hmm. He had one before that Starlet that's that I thought was pretty good. It wasn't shot on an iPhone, mm. so. Mm. Maybe it's yeah. just. The I'd iPhone. be interested to. See, I gotta. I gotta go see one of them. You know, especially yeah. since I'm talking so much shit about it right now. I gotta see. <laughs> see one of those telephone yeah. films. But I mean, uh, those those got distribution, and those yeah, yeah. were those are out there, and we. Well, yeah, but he was a name them. as well. You know. I don't um, think my problem with Tangerine Soderberg? was the phone. No, 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 I'm not talking about Tangerine, dude. Oh, I'm shit. talking about yeah. Um, I he, I think it was like Hemingway's granddaughter or something is the oh, really? the name in a. Uh, <laughs> In no Starlet, <laughs> which is you know that's that's actually a pretty good name Hemingway, right? I mean, yeah. everybody knows who. Yeah. There, there were a few name. of them, weren't there? Sounds, Sounds good few. too. Yeah, 
Is a fa- Hemingway. Is a famous a one. You know, it was important to be Ernest Hemingway, though. Mm. Yeah, that was. Oh, yeah, he wrote something, right? Yeah, he was. Wasn't he that fellow that? Uh, hey, Vern. Really bad at That's naming him, guns yeah. and other things. <laughs> He yeah. saved Christmas, didn't he? And a couple of times after he got out of jail. Yeah, yeah. we were scared stupid for a lot of it. But. That's it. That's how we go. That's how we go from Brisson to Ernest Saves Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's the transition. Oh shit! Uh, thank you for joining us on this wild and wacky roller coaster ride of this escape film, whatnot. Uh, you can check out all the shows on the Fallcast Network, some of which may or may not exist. I think Text Before Calling is still kind of a thing here and there. Uh, we got the Poet Tinkering, which no one listens to anyway, so why would you bother? Yep. Uh, going down on South Park, which, you know, you, if you're yep. going to start, we might, I don't know, who knows. Um, Lots that's of episodes really out matter. there. Yeah, Even yeah, you not, can go back you know, into the archives go, and go dig. And Plenty of content. There, there's some Tim Snows on there. and some Derek's so there reminiscent and, of Super Mario 64 as this program. But mm, yeah. Always written on the music. Mr. Darren Sprawls is Waiting for it to change. Did Darren Sprawls do this? He's done pretty much all of our music How in the How low focus. you've fallen, Darren. Because <laughs> I've heard some fucking gold from He's Darren got rain. There's, he's got rain. There's some gold. Yeah. Yeah. He's gold. got real good. And he's got this. <laughs> I consider this oh, type of gold. Too much. This is a type of gold. It's a type of gold. I'll defend his honor. Can you polish a turd that much? Wow. Now I'm just being a dick. Wow. I take it back. I'm it's sorry. Good. We need a I've villain. never even met let's, Darren. Let's so hear yeah, your no, band, man. sir. Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's forthcoming. That's forthcoming. Yeah. yeah. You know, once once pork chop karate punch <laughs> yeah, releases we, its found yeah. EPs. We've got mm. some lost EPs. Uh, there are know, some lost EPs. Forgot uh, to press record. That's Derek and I's ambient elect- yeah. or ambient uh, industrial country folk Please band. Cut this. Yes, is that is that part of the beef <laughs> you had with Fuckboy Supreme? No, we just have a band. It's ambient industrial country folk. <laughs>